All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuckadelics? What the fucknicks? I've got tons of them. All right, what? Okay, stop it. Welcome to the show. I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. I appreciate you listening to me twice a week in your head. I, uh, I'm happy to be here. Today, the comedian Jim Brewer uh, joins me in the garage here at the Cat Ranch for a chat. Now, I want to say that I, I judged Jim Brewer. For years, I didn't really think that Jim Brewer and I were friends. And for years, I thought that not unlike many people, that my assessment of Jim Brewer was who he was, which is rarely, if ever, meaning never true. A lot of times you prejudge, prejudge, box that guy in, put him in a box, that's that guy. And it was a great conversation. And quite honestly, he uh, he gave me a piece to the Lorne Michaels puzzle that fills in a, a very big, a very big part of the Lorne Michaels story behind my meeting with Lorne Michaels. Uh, and for those of you who, who listen to this show, you know it's a, a mild obsession, Lorne Michaels in general. I think that, you know, the talk that Jim and I had about SNL in general is probably uh, one of the more candid ones. But... Uh, I actually, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it, but we get a pretty big piece of the puzzle involving my relationship with Lorne Michaels through Jim Brewer, and I gotta tell you right now, it took balls for him to tell me because he had a part in it, and it took, uh, you know, I, I was uh, impressed. It took some courage, I think, or not, maybe not for him, but it, you know, it, it, it took balls to tell me, and I'm glad he did. Uh, so look forward to that. <laughs> Pow, look out. I just shit my pants, justcoffee.coop. Wait, I forgot to tell you guys something. Holy fuck. Uh, the mugs are back. Uh, my buddy Brian Jones up in Portland, professional potter, hand throws mugs that, I, uh, that were previously only available as gifts to guests of WTF are now available at wtfpod.com in the merch section. We got a deal there for these beautiful hand-thrown pieces of art and they come with a uh a, a, like a i guess it's a pound of wtf blend just coffee so it's a little early for christmas but we're going to try to keep these things in stock every time i get them they go i'm telling you before i even tweet it because the last time i tweeted it boom gone i think there's only like 40 or 50 there again thank you for all the emails and again uh to those people that are identifying with me and relating to the condition of of heartache having made a decision that had to be made but may not have been the decision that your heart necessarily wanted uh well my heart goes out to you also the other thing i'm doing i'm listening to a ton of records all day long so all those records that have been sent to me i'm just telling you i'm listening to them i'm listening to the records the vinyl you sent me now i want to be in the name of transparency i do want to say this that if I don't like the record, uh, I'm going to use it for barter. And I just want you to know that. I don't. I can't house all the records that come in. You can send me your record, or if you're a label, you can send me them and I'll listen to them. But if I do not like them or they do not resonate with me, I will trade them at the trading post for things, for furs for my ears. I will add to the barter economy of used vinyl 
I just want to be transparent about that. It's nothing personal, but what do you want me to do? What do you think I'm going to do? Seriously, what do you think I'm going to do? Right now, let's enjoy my conversation with Jim Brewer. You're a radio guy. Done with it. Are you? Yeah. (laughs) That was it? It's over. It's uh, radio's over. You're over in radio. I'm done. Fucking done. With it. I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, eight what? years, eight ten years. I'm fucking done. But I didn't. I didn't realize that you started with O and A. Well, O and A. O and A. Helped me realize that I can. I can do really well on radio. Right. Like I don't have to be. Ah, ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. And I can. I can tell stories, and I can. Oh, I can take my time. They yeah, don't yeah. have to be hilarious. They can just be great entertaining stories and they help me find myself with a whole different pattern isn't that great yes i mean i I had to do uh, air america before i realized that it's a pretty amazing thing you were i used to listen to you all the time on air america really all every day i would tune you in yeah and i was really annoyed when they got rid of you i really annoyed the shit out of me and and uh janine mm-hmm. I, I used to listen to it all the time so none of us knew what we were doing but i did learn this thing I, I learned how to do this thing it's a pretty amazing thing when you learn how to do it yeah you had a you you always had a specific i was manic dude was well a... you were you were manic too but you also uh you, the comedy clubs yeah probably that's all we had to try to put out what we were trying to yeah, put out yeah. where it might not have been the place where you should have been or where i maybe should have been or or whatever it's very, it's but that's all specific. you have yeah it's very specific yeah you got to do the thing you got to do the dance yeah right and, and you know it's weird when you do these mics yeah actually if you're too uh desperate trying to find a laugh it's annoying to listen it's to. so <laughs> aggravating it's like, and i found so myself it. every time a comic would come on yeah please don't do <laughs> please <laughs> relax don't start going into your wife bit. <laughs> Could you just relax? Don't go into the kid bit, please. Yeah. yeah. Comics either go either way. They do their bits or they just sit there like lumps. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you, ever, you ever gone out on the road and there's the the radio guys are like, yeah, we weren't doing comics for a while. Right. Yeah, because like someone came in at 6.30 and was like, what? <laughs> Why? I don't know. It yeah. doesn't talk. Yeah. So uh, what are you doing now, man? What are you doing out here specifically? I never uh, see you. The last time, you know, it's weird. The last time we talked, I think we'd been both been up all night, and it was at the Montreal airport. Like, oh, we, yeah. Remember? And it was it like- you were forever to get- I started panicking because we were in the security line, yeah. and I, didn't th- I got there two hours early, yeah. which I always do for a flight, and they, it wasn't going to happen. And thank God, the freaking U.S. soccer team <laughs> knew who I was, <laughs> and they were like, come with us. Well, I, didn't, I didn't know all that happened. Yes. That, oh. That's the only reason I got through, because I wasn't going to make the flight. We weren't going to make the flight. So they, just, we, we were just sitting there. Remember, you were all yeah. tired, and I don't remember. I, I think just, Maureen, Maureen Taren was on that. Yeah, we were we, on but, the line trying to get through. And but we just sat there. You were tired, and it was just the so two of tired. us, and you were just talking, man. Yes. And you seem like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm fucking. <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm like, getting old, you know. <laughs> You're like, I've had it, man. Well, here, I got some, you know, th- th- what? Go ahead. me and you. Yeah. Um, Do we have a problem? No. No, no none whatsoever. Uh, but ever, I, ever? I feel like, yeah. No, no, no. Here's, here's right. in the past, yeah. I, th- I think your listeners might be into this. 
in the very beginning, yeah, little bit of a problem. I was now <laughs> people don't realize I'm crazy sensitive, yeah, crazy sensitive, like a little girl, yeah. We and, all are, man. We <laughs> and I, I think we we're at the. It started, uh, and there's this goes in stories, right? Yeah, yeah, there yeah. goes in. Okay, there's a growing a series. Yeah, a series? yeah, it's yeah. a growing pattern. Okay, so it started off with going to the comic strip, and this was the different Mark Marin days. Different sure. gym show. I'm just trying to get to everyone's like, you're going to be on television. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm up there and I'm loud yeah, yeah, and yeah. a finger bit. And then one one day you crushed me. Yeah, I was going and you, and you said, you're going to woo him with your little, with your little animation wacky stuff. And I was, oh my God, I was infested. I told my wife, like, someone Mark Marin said to me, totally insulted me. And I why would he do that? Why would he? Uh, so I'm a dick. I remember your wife used to go to the clubs with you all the time. She was real nice. Yeah, we're still yeah. married. To, now here, I fucked with you back. Yeah, you don't know it. Oh, good. I'm glad you, you got your revenge. I, I got my little revenge. No, you no. were um, then you landed kind of the first Comedy Central show where you were the host. Sort of Tencent Fan Theater, yeah. R- right, and. I at the time too, you were all about you know don't sell out. Yeah, is I know. It? So I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> I'm gonna mess with his head a little bit. And I got my wife in on the game, and <laughs> and we cool. said, Mark, you're amazing on that show. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know if I was serious or not serious. Mm-hmm. And then you finally broke down, like, well, you know, I don't, I don't like everything. I, I have so many great jokes, and they make me. I said, no, you look brilliant. <laughs> But I knew it was just messing with you enough where I felt satisfied. I got you back. And then um, as time went on, as time went on, now this was, this was interesting too. You crossed paths. You were up for SNL as, yeah. as the news guy. Right. And Lauren sat me down. And Lauren sat me down. And I, I swear to God, here's how the, it went. He went, uh, he goes, Jim... We're thinking about using Mark Marin as our as our the update guy. Do you have thoughts on him? It's exactly what I said. I went, um, okay. I think he'll be the best news guy you've ever had in your life. I really said that. Yeah. I said, but I, you need to know. A lot of people have problems with him. I go, he he pisses people off, but. That has nothing to do with me. And I say, if he's if he's for the news guy, I think you got a home run. Yeah. I go, am I best friends with him? No. Uh, <laughs> do I do I love the guy? No. However, the guy would be a monster news anchor. Oh my god! I really feel that way, Lauren. And he's like, no, that's pretty much the feedback I get from everyone. I said, did you did you meet with him already? Now I don't know if he said this. Or you said this huh. something about monkeys. I, I feel like he. Yeah, said, no, he I feel did, like he, he told it. me this. He yeah. said, he he said to me, uh, he said he met with you, and I said, well, how'd it go? And he said, well, I, he he said uh, everyone enjoys a monkey or something until they throw the feces at you, or or he said that. No, I said that to him. He said comedians are like monkeys. Yes, yeah, every, every, the monkeys make people laugh, and I said unless they're throwing their <laughs> shit at you. <laughs> Which, which when he that stuck said, with him? Oh yeah, absolutely. Come on, you fucking with me now? No, I swear to God, I'm not. I swear to God, and I that made me really like you. <laughs> Come on, I swear to God. And 
And then, you, I, you know, I'm obsessed with that meeting, you know. I mean, I talk about it all the fucking time. I'm well, obsessed with that meeting with Lauren. He sat me down. Mm-hmm. And he, he asked me about you, and he asked me about Tracy Morgan. Yeah, because we were there the same day. And Tra- I said, Tracy is the most raw funniest human beings I've ever met in my life off stage, Lauren. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever laughed so hard just off stage. I said I I just listen to him rant and I just find myself I feel like I'm looking at a Richard Pryor, but it's it's raw. Yeah. It's on stage is a different beast. Right. Off stage, I, I've never seen anything more fascinating in my life. And he goes, No Mark. What about Mark Marin for the update? And I really got gotcha. So he was really thinking about it. Because I, I oh, thought yeah. Because I thought, like, you know, in retrospect, that he might have been, you know, trying to muscle Norm into something or whatever. But because I didn't get it, obviously. They, they but were I, done I, with Norm, yeah. They were done. They were done. Yeah. He, was, he didn't want to be there. Yeah. Norm and Spade didn't want to be there. They wanted them because we were all new. Right. So they needed a little bit of star power. How many years were you there? Three. Yeah. And what, and what happened ultimately with the arc of your time there? I mean, here's here, what happened was um, uh, the two. The, my two big supporters, which were Fred Wolf, yeah, this comedian Fred Wolf, and this guy Steve Corn. I remember Fred Wolf. He was there for a million years, though, right? He was Spade's guy, right? Yes, right. he was Spade's guy. Yeah, and there was Tim Hurley. He, yeah, who was who was uh, um, Sandler Sandler's guy. Yeah, and they were big Brewer supporters. So I felt great. Yeah, but I'll never forget this day. We were about a year and a half in, maybe the end of the second season. Each one of them came to me and they said, we need to tell you, you we're out of here. We can't take it anymore. And you're, you're in trouble, Jimmy B. That was Fred. Freddie said, you're in trouble, Jimmy B. The new regime don't like you. Huh. And I, the I new regime of writers. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. And then, and then I saw what it meant as time went on and I got, I got, I became, I became a pothead. I became angry. What were I, almost you, started, like, I almost got in a fight. They pushed you out? Is that what happens there? You they, just, were they write you out just, or what? I, I would get this. I yeah. would get this. I'd be, I'd be writing a sketch. Yeah. And um, it's 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. And I'm trying to pull something off with Tracy. Yeah. The two of us are useless <laughs> except for premises and bouncing off of one another for four hours. <laughs> and then we go to type and it's, it's going nowhere. I'm not a writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So- we try to lure anyone, in, and then we'd finally start writing. And then the guy would, the head writer would come in, like, "Just let you know, um, our computers are in sync with everyone. We can see what you're writing, and we kind of have the same exact sketch. Oh but if God. you want to continue with it, it's cool." What guy was that? McKay. Oh, Adam. Yeah, McKay. Uh, McKay hated me. Why? I don't know, man. I really don't know. I really, I loved him. I loved him. You're a weird guy in the sense that I think that even me, and I, you know, I talked to a buddy of mine who, you know, I told him I was going to interview you, is that you make assumptions about you for some reason. Yes. Like you have a look that you could either be psychopathic (laughs) or, or, like, you you don't don't look at you and go, like, there's a trustworthy guy. He's he's going to be a nice fella, that guy. You know. Yes. It's funny that you're sensitive because my assumptions were always like, you know, he's you know, he's, he's hiding some monster. <laughs> There's a monster in there. <laughs> well, there there is also. A- and by the way, I'm not going to blame you for ruining my shot at SNL. 
the, the best part of that story, and the only thing that that is not you know filling me with resentment right now is like, oh, when you said Lauren said, yeah, that's what everybody says. I've heard that from a lot of people. Yes, now I, I, if I remember, M- Marcy Klein, yeah, was in on that meeting, and she in your meeting. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say uh, she brought me in. She was excited. And Lauren just wasn't sure, and I don't know why he wasn't sure. But to this day, I thought, I truly think you would have been hands down one of the best that ever, that ever got a shot to do that. Yeah, and believe me, it sort of breaks my heart sometimes. But obviously, you can't you know look at the past. But I, as this story evolves, because I talk it about, I talk about that meeting a lot with people who've been on SNL. And the the piece of the puzzle that you gave me is that I was closer than I thought I was. Oh man, you were close. Yeah. You were close, and I know you probably don't want to hear that. No, no, I do because like I was starting to believe that like that he was just fucking with me. That you know he made you know he made me jump through a bunch of hoops, and I don't know why he would do that. He does do, you know? I think I thought he wanted to teach me a lesson about alternative comedy. Like you know, you're not doing anything downtown. This is the real world, and you're not living in it. He could have been. Yeah, he well, could have been. It's the more I learned about him, he was the most brilliant, uh, giving, uh, amazing advice. It, it was almost yeah. like when the mafia would sit you down. Yeah, he's like a Buddha. He really is, and you don't get it because because we're comics and we think he's. I, I thought he's fucking with my head, and I don't understand what is he like doing what? some psychological thing here. Yeah, he would he would just he'd say things like this, like Jim, this year try to be a straight guy. What do you mean? He's like you're very powerful and you're subtle. Okay. <laughs> Like, all right, well, what is it? What is it? How, how do you even process that? Well, I'm you, like, is he saying I'm funny? Am I not funny? What am I doing? Should I not write? Should I just be in, like, what is it? Is he getting fired? Oh my God, am I getting fired? I think what he was, was saying, turn it down, Jim. I think he was saying, take it down a notch. You don't have to be so big. Yeah. And that, you know, as time went on, I went, God, I wish I was mature enough to understand all those notes. Oh, dude, you, you just, it's weird. You know, you, you know, you could be 20 years later and you wake up and you're like, oh, I get it. I have I a lot it. of those. Yeah. I have a lot of those. It's crazy, man. Sitting with movie executives. I'm sitting with the head of Miramax. <laughs> yeah. And he's going, Jimmy. Yeah. I'm putting Gwyneth Paltrow on us. I'm going to surround you with good people. Why would I want to make you look bad? And I'm going, well, my my manager says I, I'm really <laughs> stupid to play an animal. And, and, it, and, you know, and it, here it is. Here's the mafia going, listen, you go sell these cigarettes. It's just the beginning. I want to see how you do it. And then we'll, then right. we'll have you. Right. And, uh, you know, I've got the biggest agent in the world and yeah. the manager. And they're both going, hey, you know, I don't know. And I've got the head of Miramax going, Wait. take this job. What was that job? Um, it was it was a French movie he bought. Yeah. He bought this French movie. Um, I don't remember the name of the movie. They were Americanizing it. And basically- I was a I was human that turned into a dog. Yeah, you didn't do it. And he made me audition at the director's house. It seems like that, that you're the only guy that could do that. Who was the director? Uh, pff, some French guy. Yeah, not the uh, not the guy who does uh the, not the guy who did Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind and that what's his name? Could be. Oh fuck, I forget that guy. I don't I even know. Did they make the movie? <sighs> and even that I don't know. Yeah. 
But I okay, just so you remember go to the director's house. The director said this guy's amazing. He he, I really thought he was a dog, and he wasn't a, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but there was that petrified. You know, I have Barry Katz going. I don't know. I can read the headlines saying <laughs> Goat Man is a. Dog. Is a dog now, and and had Nick Stevens who had Jim Carrey, so I thought whatever he said made yeah. sense. Say, hey, you know what? He wants to do a dog movie. Let him do it for four minutes. He has other movies lined up, and he's. I, my heart and my instinct said, "This is this is Weinstein telling me he's going to surround me with the best, and he wants me in this movie. I haven't seen a young talent like this." And you believe Barry? And I believe fucking Barry. Are you still with him? Oh God, no, 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 no. Oh my God. Oh God. It ended right after SNL. I'm like, I, you know, all those days. I feel like the more and more I get away from show business, yeah, the 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 more comfortable I am, and and the the more focused I am. I'm like, oh, I want to do this. So let me ask that. you a question about uh, just about the politics of SNL real quick. Yeah. So McKay is pushing you out, and you know, the, I mean, this this shit happens. I mean, politics yeah, happens, happens at all levels. What are you gonna do? But 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 there's obviously politics that operate there, yeah. and and like you know when when a head writer you feel you're being pushed out, you know do you go to Lauren and go these guys? Here's here's when it well here's when I knew I was done. There's there's a couple instances. One was when you write a sketch yeah. when you have your sketch. Mark Maron has a sketch. Mark is picked up for the week. Now you have to go in sections of writers. Right. I'm in the section of writers that hate me. I'm not with the good crew. But with, do you know why they hit you? Do you know? I mean, is it a personality problem? Do they think you're too big? Do they? You I think know, I'm too big. I'm you're too dumb. Eater. I'm the Farley oh. dumb. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm going to break stuff. Right, and, right, right. And they're all Harvard, and and they're writers. And, and this is when Will came in, or was he already Will, there? Will was already there. Okay. And you guys got along. Or you didn't. Yeah, I loved Will. I lo- we got the whole cast got along really right. well. Mo- the writers were the ones do, doing the like. Yeah. Even the writers, I'm gonna say, 98 percent of us were fine. It was these. There's a crew. These two or three. Yeah, yeah. I just, I could tell when they looked at me, and I just always just shook their head. Yeah, yeah. And that would mess with me. It was like the guy in the front row, just. Yeah. I'm killing, but these yeah. guys. Going, I'm not buying it. And who are you? Yeah, and this is when I knew the trouble started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was we're in the writers room mm-hmm. and they go over the sketch and they go okay let's start with Brewer's sketch here um, how do we start punching us up and the one guy across from me is reading a newspaper yeah and he's covering his face yeah and he goes why don't we start by scrapping this piece of shit and I I stood up I smacked the paper out of his hand and I just laid out. I was like, I'll, I'll punch your fucking head. You don't want to be here? Get out of here. I'm, you, know, you think I want to be here? You see, if you don't want to say that, to, I, I go on and on. Now we're up in the office. What happened? With who? You're in the office with Lauren? With everyone but Lauren. Yeah. You know, before we bring this to Lauren. So it almost, you almost hit him. Do you want to, yeah. Do you want him fired? I'm like, no, I don't want him fired. I just, you know, if he doesn't want to be part of it, don't go in the room and, yeah. and say, this sucks. So yeah. just and why he's not even looking at me. So it started. That's when the it started there, and I just knew like, oh, this is gonna be. And then, what? Do you know who that guy was? Uh, I, I, it doesn't matter. Vaguely remember okay. his name, but I remember my demise was it was one of the last shows, and a long story short. Uh, Matthew Broderick's on the show, yeah, and he he loves the sketches we're doing. Yeah. Loves it. I, I play this real arrogant, loudmouth asshole yeah. that just would cut him short. Uh, right. He had to return something, and I just 
would insult him, like get right. out of my face and say, yeah, put it. So the sketch kills, kills in the dress show. But Matthew Broderick starts la- busting laughing at the cat. He can't hold it in. Yeah. I break him. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another the monologue, which yeah. crushes. It's me and Tracy, big performance piece. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Crushes. In between, they're like, listen, uh, Adam comes up. He's like, well, the problem is it crushed, but he laughed, so we're done. Lauren doesn't like when people laugh. Oh, what are you talking about? What are you talking that about? That was in the dress. Yeah. What do you, he, he, he laughed because it's crushing. It, it, I, he's like, yeah, but he broke, so it's not going to work. What do you, then it was, yeah, and the monologue, it crushed, but we're going to try my monologue for the air. But we always get this one for reruns. And it's never happened in the history. Of, I'm like, what do you, dude, just say you don't want to do my stuff. Just, what is your problem? Yeah. What is your problem? Yeah. And he's fighting with Lauren, and he's fighting with Lauren, and finally, whatever, they air our stuff. But right before that sketch, I said, you know what? I'm going to go, let's go talk to Lauren. You say this, Lauren wants to change this? I want to go talk to Lauren. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And then miraculously, the sketch just got on. But. Did they kill again? Killed. <laughs> killed. Yeah. So it ends, and that season ends, and about a month later, I get a call from an NBC executive. Brewer, what happened? What do you mean what happened? You cannot tell anyone I'll lose my job here at NBC. I go, what's going on? Because we just came out of the uh, writers' meeting, and Adam McKay and Steve and uh, Adam McKay want you fired. And what are you talking about? Because he he's fighting adamantly to get you off the show, and that that is that was a moment where I went, all right. So he he's the head guy from now on. Yeah, because it just—I don't know if it's going to work out for me. So he just got in the job as head writer. He that, as soon as Fred left, right? And right. Steve Corn, he yeah. now moved in, right? And I saw myself having a harder and harder time getting on the show. And then I had guys going, "This is what Sandler did. He went for the update and he went for the monologue." So once I got that game plan, I started crush. I started getting in monologue after monologue, and I think even that. Once I started getting a monologue, he's like, all right, what, how do I stop this? This guy's pissing me off. Yeah. And you know what? I, I look back and I, I get it. You, I get it. Everyone's, personality problems? Huh? Was it personality Man, clash? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm too exhausted to t- even try to think about it. Right. It's so far in the past. But it's one of those shows I would have stayed on forever. I would have loved to yeah. stay there. But the, that, that turned me. I started seeing... You know, the Sarah Silvermans and the Jay Moores yeah. and everyone that came out of there like, I hate every... Well, yeah. you went in such a different person and you came out this monster. I was turning into the monster. And you it was, were? What, it, just from bitterness? Just angry. It, it, there's no there's no process, Mark. Mark, you go on stage, yeah. you have a podcast. Yeah. Your podcast, you're, you're great because the numbers say you're great. Yeah. Your listeners tell you're great. Yeah. But now you have someone going... Uh, it's not that great. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna play this. Yeah, but the yeah, yeah, but the numbers are yeah, yeah. one fourth of what marks it. Yeah, but mm, no. Yeah. What do you? There's no rhyme or reason. Well, that's the weird thing about SNL is that it's not going anywhere, and so it's established. It's established. So it's really just the you know this political struggle of 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 performers and writers to to sort of plan their future. Yes. And if you're in the way, 
yes. of someone's future, correct? then they're going to figure out a way. It's like, well, I want my shit to look the best it can, and that guy's a problem. Yes. So, because it's interesting, because even you, whether you're aware of it or not, that the politics of saying like, well, this was San- Sandler's approach means that, you know, you've got, there, there's a Bible to SNL of how to sort of like, how, what, what's the angle yes. that I can hang in here yes. and fight for myself? Right. So it's not really an ensemble thing unless everybody agrees briefly that, you know, everyone's working together. And that, and that happens rarely, it seems. Very rarely. Maybe yeah. in Living Color was the last one that might have pulled something out like that. Yeah, off. yeah, yeah. But that that is what that show is. And, and uh, I loved being there. Yeah. But that was... He was he was so adamant about probably what you just said. Stay out of my way. I'm gonna crush. And yeah. you know there was another problem where someone took a a, a, a bit in a character of mine, so yeah. I approached them and and then I started attacking them while we were rehearsing. And Adam came up. He's like, "Listen, don't mess with anyone on my sketch." I went. He stole something. He's like, yeah, but you messed with my sketch. I'm like, what about messing with the player? Because I'm thrown off and I can't act because I'm infested because I want to kill this guy for blatantly taking from me. And what a character? Yeah, and that's another thing. You, If someone, you know, you'd get in a position where you'd, all right, I want to do this funny drunk guy. Yeah. I loved Foster Brooks. Yeah, great. I mean, I got half-baked because I, I look high and I could play a stoner. I mean, it's yeah. in my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The drunk guy. I loved yeah, yeah. being a, yeah. a drunk and Foster Brooks <laughs> made me laugh hard. When we were kids, right? Foster oh. Brooks at the D. Martin Road? Oh. Yeah. F- I, I, I got him from my dad. My dad's not, I sit down and I watch it. He's the only, he makes me belly laugh still St- belly I can't get enough I can't, it's Lauren Hardy I can't get enough you know uh, I can't get enough yeah, yeah. so uh, that you know they'd say in one breath they go Lauren hates drunks so don't do a drunk I'm like yeah but it's such a funny character and I would do the character nothing and then two weeks later it's you know Bill Bransky the drunks at a bar it's just a smart I went dude it's what Someone ripped off. Oh, that why, was a sketch. I say it's not a ripoff, but like, why? Why would you lecture me, saying he doesn't like drunks? And then two weeks later, you're doing drunks in a bar. Like, what? Yeah. Just tell me, because I do understand being mature and old enough now. I understand where everyone's head is at and where everyone's drive is at. So I get it. I get it now. I yeah, just wish I knew that. It's a power struggle. Back it's fucking, then. yeah. There's no way to know. We're just sort of like, oh, I just want to. Even yeah. going into SNL was a problem for me which I didn't know mm-hmm. NBC was a big Jim Brewer fan they were yeah. trying to develop Jim Brewer TV shows so they went to Lauren said uh, we're gonna help you cast and Jim Brewer's our guy who was that Ludwin the whole NBC crew yeah yeah they were huge Gary Considine was a big I late remember night. that guy yeah, Gary yeah. Considine was yeah. a huge fan he was the guy that gave me the call yeah um, and Lauren the day after I auditioned Auditioned. Gary Constantine needs to be, he used to have later, right? Yes. Yeah, right. Yes. Okay. Um, the day after I auditioned, yeah. I'm a no name. Yeah. I just auditioned. Yeah. Next day, I get a call in the morning. Bro, Jim, Jim. Oh my God. Don't read the post. What? What, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Dude, you're not going to lie. Oh my God. This is really, what happened? What, what, what's going on? Did you audition for SNL yesterday? Yeah. Oh, dude. dude don't read it. <laughs> 
no. So there it is. The big, post? Yeah. Big big picture of Lorne. Page six? They're going for SNL. No, it was a big write-up on SNL. Oh, and they're looking for a new cast member. And the first paragraph, already written off as comedian Jim Brewer. Had, I'm like, why would you? <laughs> nobody. Why would you? No one even knows me. Why would you say something? I auditioned. Why would? And then as I... And then as I went on, that was that was Lorne telling NBC like, "Oh, oh, you're in power now. Oh, okay. Oh, right. This is your guy. Politics. Oh, okay. Um, can you just write their big story? Yeah, he's out. Yeah, and put it in print. So how the fuck did you fight your way back in? I didn't. I well, I didn't want anything to do with it. And then my age was, ah, oh, you know, he's got these bastards. Who's he think he is? He's got some balls and this and that. And NBC's like, oh no, no, you're going back in. I went, I don't want to go back in. He doesn't want me there. Why would you? Why okay. would? But the sad thing is, is that you know you just become this piece in this game. Yes. So like you know you're just part of this struggle between him and the network. Yes. And then he didn't give a fuck about you. No. You're just this, another funny man, a clown is upset right the monkey <laughs> the monkey the monkey this monkey, monkey don't throw feces yeah. so i'm gonna nail him yeah. and i i i didn't know what was going on why would you have me go back in it's like me coming in here for you okay mark can i be part of your podcast no okay <laughs> well you know the producer and like, mark you really should sit down with this guy and I'm like well it's my po- well you should sit down and i don't even know i'm part of that and then i had to meet with him again then he told him i was high so I said, were you high? I f- Fuck no, I wasn't high. <laughs> Why would I go and audition high? Why would I meet Lorne Michaels high? I was a little high. <laughs> I wasn't. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I never- Well, you look, that's the thing. You look a little- you know. I look wrecked. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got heavy eyelids. I cover half my yeah, pupil. Yeah, yeah. I look fucked up all the time. So yeah. people's expectations levels of me are below zero, which yeah. kind of I learned to work to my advantage. Yeah. So- yeah, as I look back, uh, am I, I, it doesn't bother me at all, but I'm like, darn, we could have really, I was peaking. How did you get in, though, eventually? You went back, he said you were high. He put made in the me post. go back. So you go back, he said you were high. He said I was high now. Yeah. No, I auditioned again, left now, he wants to meet me. Second time, okay. So you, the second audition, he wants to meet you. Now he wants to meet me. Mm-hmm. And I go meet him, wait about an hour, Fred Wolf is like, Jimmy B, go in there, don't try to be funny, just be yourself, and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I go in. And um, he doesn't talk to me for like yeah. 15 minutes. He's just, well, it seemed like 15, it was probably like 10 yeah. minutes. But he's behind the desk eating popcorn. And his his body language is completely sideways. His feet are up on the desk and he's facing sideways. And I'm, <laughs> I'm an attentive student facing him. And, <laughs> and he's eating the popcorn and it's just silence. Yeah. And I'm looking around, yeah. and one of the head risers to my left, kind of with this shit-inning grin. Higgins? Yeah. Yeah, he was in mine, too. Yeah. yeah. And I said, um, so you must really like popcorn. Yeah. And he, I don't know if that ticked him off, but he then, he stood up, and he walked around me, and he he, he mumbled something about Belushi <laughs> and Chevy Chase and Rita right. and mm-hmm. what they really want. And then they started messing with me, like, Higgins is going... Uh, is that is that your hair? Like, what are you doing with your? I said, what do you mean? This is my hair? Is this your real hair? Yeah. <laughs> oh, because you know, spade. No, no, I don't. I, I don't know what's. What do you mean? Like, what are we talking about, man? What are we? What are we talking about? We're talking about hair. Where are we going? He's like, you need to look, man. You know, one of these guys are bald, and but. So then, after that meeting, he said I was. They said I was high. I had to tell him I wasn't high. 
Then I had to go to a comedy club. Yeah. And they saw Stand me. Stand Up New York? Or no, comic strip. Comic strip. They yeah. saw me and Daryl Hammond. Right. I crushed. <laughs> crushed. I heard Marcy Klein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next day, Daryl Hammond's hired. Yeah. I'm on hold. Uh-huh. Just me, Jay Moore, and oh, Dana Gould. And I went, now clearly Dana Gould's going to get it. He's he's more of an intellectual. He makes all the sense in the world for Senate Life. Yeah. Then Jay's released. It's me and Dana Gold. I went, I'm all right losing to Dana Gold. Yeah. I, if Dana Gold gets it, I get it. I, I I love that guy. I love his bits. I yeah. love his stuff. I, I'm i rooting for Dana Gold. Yeah. Dana Gold's released. Yeah. But I'm not hired. Yeah. So now he meets with me one more time. You go and, back to the office? Yes. And everyone's in there. It's head writers, producers, director, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm in there, and he goes, <laughs> he goes, there's a lot of people that don't want to see you here, and there's a lot of people pulling for you. We have to make some decisions. I go to LA, and the show starts in two weeks, so you'll find out soon enough. And now this cast is very big, and so even if you do get hired, you're not, it's going to be very hard to get on. <laughs> and, he and he's, and you know, what's amazing. He is, didn't want you on. He's, he's really being straightforward, which huh? you can't ask for anything better at this day and age. At this time in my life, I really want that conversation. Listen, yeah. man, some people don't want you here. Some people do want you here. I'm going to make a decision. If you are on, I'm not going to lie to you. You're not going to be on a lot. I couldn't ask for a better conversation yeah. a better setup mm-hmm. and uh, and he goes and if you do get on you know you'll end up presenting me like everyone else and that's what he said and i went I, I would never resent you which i don't and never would and then three days before it was a friday yeah and they called me up and said you need to be upstate new york to start filming um a commercial so what, mean, what kind of commercial they said it's a it's a sketch for SNL. I went, are they are they testing me? And they're like, no, I think he got it. <laughs> so I started at nine a.m. the next day filming, and I still wasn't sure. Like, am I? You never know when you're hired or fired at that point. Am place. I officially on the cast? Yeah, yeah. And then we were live the following Saturday, and it was just that's it. Boom! I never even had time to think, Ugh. and that was it. And then you're only on for six episodes, and this one's getting fired, and you're just. Yeah. Man, am I gonna make it? You're working. You're working. Yeah. So that was that's the story. That is the story of the SNL days. So now, before SNL, yeah, I thought you came from Florida, but you don't. That's where I really kicked in the stand-up comedy gear. Long Island, it was Florida. Yes. Was so in, we grew up where? I grew up in Long Island, and Long Island. I started in high school in rock clubs. Really? Uh, yeah. And it was a little rock club called February's yeah. in, in uh, Hempstead. And I we were all, you know, 11th grade, 12th grade. And I'd go up and be like, bro, before we go up, go up, do your- Oh, before the band? Yeah, go up and do stand-up. And I'd do three minutes. And, and I remember one of my bits that I was so proud of was uh, Live Aid was huge back then. Yeah. And Ozzy was on. And, yeah. this, you know, I would do all my impressions hanging out with my friends. Yeah. And I'd be like, hey, you know, who saw Live Aid? It's in front of six people. Yeah, right. Everyone I sure. know. You know, in yeah. the background. Bing, bang, bong, Boom, boom, boom. And I said, uh, how great was Live Aid, especially when they had Ozzy and 
Wasn't it great when they threw the Ethiopian on stage? He bit his head off. All right, everybody. <laughs> All right, keep it going for live wire. I'll be up in a half hour. And that was that's where the stand-up was starting because yeah. I couldn't really get into clubs. And then I did some open mics at this place called Governors. Governors had a great sound system. <laughs> I got. Yeah, and the I remember the only thing I remember about Governors is like this is a good sound system. Like, fuck, people smoke here. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. I Me mean, too. Right. I mean, it was smoking. They were drinking. I mean, smoke. Like, wow, you're allowed to drink and smoke. And I was only like eighteen, yeah. seventeen. Eddie Murphy. I wanted to be Eddie Murphy. It's a good club, man. It was a great club. Still yeah. is. Really. Still is a great club. Monster place to work stuff out. It's a it's an awesome following. Yeah. Great great room. And then um, eighty nine moved to Florida. I'm sorry, 87 moved to Florida. For, for college or? Nah, my parents retired and they moved down there. I went with them. And they lived on Long Island. Yeah, they did the old, you know, we're retired sure. moving to Florida. What was your, what, what, what business was your dad in? Garbage man. Really? Blue, hardcore blue collar. Really? He was garbage man. My mom worked for Pan American. So, I mean, we were seven miles from the airport. Every three minutes, just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was, we were really close to the city. It was Long Island. Yeah. It was very, really racial. Sure. At the end of the block was all black. We were all white. Yeah. If a black guy walked down the street, the whole neighborhood would just stop, <laughs> stare. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It was, it was uh, you don't come on our side and we don't go on your side. That's really? the rule. You know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. It was pretty intense. How many brothers and sisters you got? Oh, it's it's uh it's all different. My mom's like four husbands. Oh, really? First one was ki- I, my parents are older. Yeah, they're World War II generation. Yeah, people think it's my grandparents. My parents. My dad had three kids, got Be- a divorce. My mom, first husband, died in World War Two three weeks before he was supposed to come home, and she was pregnant with his kid. So that was the oldest brother. Then my uh, next sister is a mystery. We don't know what her deal is. Really? Yeah, I still can't get out of my mother. <laughs> She's got a big scar on her face. No one knows what Stop the scar is. Swear it. to God. She's a big burn mark on her face. No one, and my mom's like, I mean. Really? Mo- oh, I swear to God. The ambulance spilt acid on her face mm. by accident. Oh, my God. And we all bought it until like, wait a minute. That makes no sense. What are you talking? She won't fess up. Then the next one were, and then my mom met someone else, had two kids. Married him? Yes. Really abusive. Tried to murder her. Really ugly. Bad, 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 bad stuff with my older brother and sister. Now, Abusive to them. Really dark. Yeah? Yeah. And and that's when, and then she met your dad? Then met my dad, and then he he was a heavy drinker. I mean, he was still out of World War II for three and a half years. Yeah. And um, those two had me. Was it, my mom didn't know she was pregnant till five and a half months in. Wow. She, she went to have an abortion. Yeah. She wasn't sure, like, ah, oh, it's too late. I could die. I guess I'll have it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's your humble beginning? Yeah. So the beginning started in a low-income, in a low-income kind of, I won't say projects, but that's that's where it started. And were all these other kids out of the house by then, or you still had Two a of them were still in it. My, my, the ones from the dark guy. Yes. The dark guy, my sister was full-blown. I mean, they were hippie beyond hippies, and my sister would always play 
Hendrix, Foxy Lady. I was only like four, three or four, and I loved Foxy Lady, and yeah. I loved Credence. Yeah, oh, Credence. And that, so she introduced me to that, and my brother had hair literally down to his, his waist, Yeah, and he's really buff, and he was, I could tell now he was always stoned. Yeah. He called me worm, and every time I asked him, like, where are you going, he'd go, crazy, man. <laughs> and I didn't know what it meant. It really bothered me. <laughs> I was just a little fat, porky kid. And that's, that's insane, man. So they, so your mom, I guess, married a few alcoholics. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, what happened to these other siblings? I mean, they're all. My oldest one died. He had a heart attack. Left three kids. The one from the World War Two. Correct. That, yeah. yeah, he died. Um, but you guys were close, relatively yeah. close. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the and two dark ones. The two dark ones. That guy died. I'm. And we're all very close. Going crazy guy died? Yeah, going crazy guy died, and we're all really close. How'd he die? I, I think like a heart attack. No one really, no one wanted anything to do with him, so I always like, well, hey. He, he went, uh, he went yeah, off like, the grid? Yeah, I think so. Uh. What happened to this guy? I mean, I mean the stories here is horrible. My brother tells a story whenever he has a couple, and he starts sobbing. Which at, brother? Your real bro- uh, full brother? I have all halves. Oh, so your father. So this is my father's mother's, kid. my mother's second son. This is the bad guy. This is the bad guy. Had the two kids. The one who died. Correct. The first death is from World War II. My mom has a baby. That guy. This is his- he's dead yeah. from World War II. Now my mom meets meets a mysterious person. Has my oldest sister. Right. No one really knows her father. Then she marries a guy yeah. who's huge at Pan American when it kicks off. He's huge. Yeah. They go they go to uh Brazil. Yeah. And my my brother and sister right. grow up in Brazil until they're like six, seven talking Portuguese. But my brother tells stories there of like this guy would beat the shit out of mom and he and one day came out all wasted shooting at her in the street and shooting at she's right come on she went into the pool and he's trying to shoot and by you know the cops came got him before he can kill her and i'm just like what and then there's 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 other really harsh things that from that not my business to say that's not my sister but but that brother he he died as well no oh the rest of them all alive Oh, so and only the first guy so died. Only the first guy died, and the rest of us are all okay. really tight, and we all live close. We're, we're all tight. We're all different worlds. And your father's kids? They're, Great. All cops. <laughs> all <laughs> cops. One teacher and two cops. So real blue collar, man. As blue collar as you can get. And Teachers de- and cops. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So that's your world. Yeah. It's a, like that's a that's real blue collar. That's East Coast blue collar. It's East Coast blue collar. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. A lot of people, I know. I mean, I don't hear that story much because that kind of blue collar, you, you only get that in you know Chicago, right? Or, you know where where the whole family's cops, right? It's just like maybe you, I'm maybe no, I'm wrong, but no. It, but even my nephews, my nephews are now cops. Yeah, my nieces are teachers. It's we we are cops and we are teachers. I mean, we don't go past blue collar. It's great though. It is great, and we're very we're very honest and real. I mean, it's such a great. I love being around my family. We're we're a great diversity. No one's ever jealous. Everyone cheers each other on. Because there's an acceptance to, you know, you choose your life and, and you, you know, you're not sitting around going like, you know, I'm trying to get this other thing or this. You know, it's like right. I got my pension. 
Right. And, you know what I mean? It's like, right, I'm done at 62, yeah, and then we can do this, yeah, and I'm yeah. going to do that. Oh, True. my God, you got a TV show. Come I'm like, yeah. I'm flying. Oh, he's going to fly us out. It's going to be so exciting. And we're going to have a party for your big yeah. day. And right. Yeah, it's awesome. And there's awesome. none of that weird kind of like, uh, you know, middle class, upper middle class disappointment. It's like, why don't you? <laughs> right. Are you sure you want to do comedy? They're like, fuck, I don't, you, let them try it, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I had that from my mom. My mom didn't get it, but my dad was like, listen, you're young. You do what you want. You'll never have your youth back. You go do this. <laughs> if you fail, you still got the garbage. You got the police. You'll be all right. <laughs> my, my grandfather used to say it's like you should get a job at the post office they treat their uh, people very well <laughs> right he, he, he and, had, and, there's and, a way of thinking that yes. they, they really believed in the sort of you work hard then they take care of you after that was old America yeah old America you, yeah. you be loyal yep. faithful they'll take care of you that it's doesn't gone. exist anymore did they take care of your your parents your father anyway I mean did he you know did... um yes they took care of my mom and dad my dad's a World War II vet so every once in a while I get a little I, I I have some feelings towards any vets. Like it really pisses me off that they have to pay taxes. It pisses yeah. me off that they ever have to pay medical. That stuff really. And when I, and that that's when I started listening to politics more. That's when I started getting into you. Yeah. And the whole no one would think that I'm in that world. Yeah. Because you, I don't seem I would be, but I'm viciously. I, I have hardcore thoughts of. You know, when McCain would go up and he'd be like, you know, I really care for the vets. I'm like, you're so full of shit. Yeah, yeah. Then why don't you really do something? Yeah. Why don't you make a bill where they don't ever have to, if you're in, if you're in combat, yeah. you don't ever pay for medical again. Yeah. So don't give me the shit you take care of your own. It really yeah. pisses me off. Because they don't. They don't. My father's in World War II, three and a half years. It was like, here, take a paycheck or they said they'll pay you for a year or good luck. Knock yourself out. Really? Yeah, I mean, that was the- But the VA doesn't take care of them? The VA does not take care of them and that's another thing. You can go to a VA hospital, you have to go where they are and they can only make a certain amount of income. Mm-hmm. So if he- as a whole, makes more than this or less than that, which is another ridiculous thing. Who cares if just do, if a man if a man is in Iraq or Afghanistan or whatever, yeah, and he's worth ten million dollars a year? Who cares? That's his. That's his working. Yeah. Who cares if he's worth nothing? Yeah. He fought and did everything you told him he should do. He should now be taken care of. Right. Case closed. There's no other facts involved. Yeah, right. So yeah, that stuff really gets under my skin once in a while. Now, when you went to Florida with your folks, yeah, it, it was just you or the other kids too. Just me. Uh huh. Now one of my well, they, the rest of them were older and they didn't need to go. Yeah, my one brother went to the mountains. He is classic. He escaped the world. The crazy guy yeah. who left uh, my brother Bobby and Patty. Mm -hmm. All right, Bobby was the long hair. Yeah, yeah. Bought a dog. Went across the country. Backpacked. Yeah dog was called Thor. It was yeah, a white yeah. German shepherd. Yeah. And uh, he ended up in the Catskills near Oneonta. Eventually, again, blue collar. He worked for the state yeah. uh, for like 35 years with retarded people yeah. teaching them woodwork. Yeah. So he would, that that was his job. Makes yeah. bar barely gets by, bought a house on a hill, no electricity. Yeah. As each kid came along. He was just building extra room. Yeah. Still to this day, oh, the winter's coming. I got to <laughs> I gotta make the chimney better. I mean, he that's is- That's what he does. Yeah. And that's his life. I just saw him. And he's all right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And then that was another thing to start pissing me off politics. The guy has been helping. He's had his arm broken, his shoulder dislocated, because he works with the most violent, retarded people. Yeah. He gets the violent ones. And mentally challenged. Mentally challenged. Yeah. Retarded. Well, yeah. I have no problem saying retarded. Yeah. It's retarded, not like dumb. You yeah. can't handle it. That's right. who they are. Yeah. They're not challenged. They're retarded. It's a big difference. Okay. Uh, so, and they're violent. <laughs> so, <laughs> three months before his retirement, yeah. Como. Yeah. The first one? The, the new, new one. one. Okay. Fired, like a whole bunch of state workers, including my, including my brother, so they wouldn't have to pay them benefit. They wouldn't have to take care of four months shy of retirement pay, pensions and all this and all that so cut really? their pay. yeah and, and my brother called me up and he's like this is how people grab rifles and start taking people out because of things like this and it's like you know dude he gave you 35 years of bossing his balls of doing what's right helping these people's lives and you just want to i don't want to pay his pension fired and so thank God there was, uh, he, he, when he started going to complain about this, he met a young kid just out of college and was like, oh my God, this is such bullshit. Yeah. I'm going to hire you. I'm going to get you a job for a different state job that'll connect with this state job and you're going to get your pension no matter what, even if it's just sweeping the street. Yeah. That's horseshit. And she did. And no so kidding. he just retired. But that wow. that's the type of stuff that really... Yeah, it's horrible. You know, and when they say, oh, this, this nutball flew a plane into the uh, IRS bill, he must have been wacky. No, 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 no. He no, was no. done. No, he was done with the horseshit. <laughs> he had enough. Uh, he guy. had enough of you guys. That's <laughs> yeah. what happened. Well, yeah, well, I mean, that, I mean, you come from that world and those are the people that get fucked and they just, you know, they take the hit and, and, and nobody really speaks to them unless, and speaks for them, unless they need them to vote for them. Then they make them a bunch of promises and right. say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And you get, you know, these working class people are like, good, that's our guy. And then he gets in, he's like, oh yeah, I'm not going to do that right now. And that's why I enjoyed and also learned from yeah. you yeah. when I listened to you on those stations because- what I also discovered about politics is I, I can't I can't do politics. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. I can, but it comes out too too mean. So I, I can't be mean. I'm here just to be funny. When I'm on stage, just be funny. That's what I learned. No, yeah, I mean, I'm, Jim I, Brewer is about entertaining. Entertaining. Yeah, that's what Jim Brewer is. Well, I mean, I I was angry too, but I think it's interesting for a guy like you, where you know, in the sense that the working class, you know, I think arguably should mm. be uh, a little progressive, mm. you, know, you know, because of the unions, because of everything else, <laughs> right. what they once stood for. Right. But somehow or another, you know, the, the right has sort of mined their rage. Correct. And, and turned it against themselves. Correct. They brainwashed them. It, brilliant, yeah, brilliant brainwashing. And then what I learned was, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the country is, is, it's a great sales pitch, the whole freedom thing. It's a funny, it's a brilliant sales pitch. It's a brilliant, you guys are allowed to do what you want and say what you want. And it's There's one condition, you need money. <laughs> <laughs> right. And by the way, money is always the God. Yeah. And by the way, that God has no morals yeah. and no boundaries, yeah. no faith. We'll even let you spend money you don't have and then we'll own you. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. So you're yeah. So it's it's a uh, and and all that stuff. Politics, I even think, is just it's really no different than professional wrestling. It really is. Well, yeah, the charade of it. But like the thing, the thing about coming from what you came from is, you know, you have a real sense of community, you have a real sense of family, which is really what this country was built on. Yeah. And you and the people that you came from are necessary for for the, the 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 running of this country. And they are, you know, treated the worst, but yet have the tightest communities and and have more acceptance in most high communities. And and they get fucked all the time. But for some reason, you know, there's a mixture of things. I think some of them like, well, this is we yeah, we always get fucked. And they surrender to it, or they're fucking us, and it's the it's the it's the ones that claim to represent us. You know, they it's I, it's this it's it's brilliant, it's it's brilliant because yeah. I, I I'm out of that world to yeah. a degree. Yeah, me too. Because I do all right and yeah, all that. Yeah. But what they do is when you're in that world, you're struggling. You're doing always. You're doing what you think is best. Yeah. Because you're told to do it because that's what the country wants you to do, and that's what's the right thing. Mm. But you're always struggling and the anyone who struggles needs a finger to point yeah. well it's because this right. and it's because of that i ain't doing good in school because yeah. the teachers uh yeah. I, well i got arrested because that cop's a victim mentality it's a vi so yeah what the media does which is i, I tip my hat to him it's brilliant brainwashing they target them with it's the it's yeah. the it's the blacks yeah. it's the Mexicans it's yeah. the yeah it's the chi it's this it's the, and then they just get them move all their rage. riled yeah. and they just move their rage right against back at them and I even mm -hmm. I I'm always very silent because I listen to my family now and we now have completely different views but I never jump in because so I was there yeah I was there yeah and uh it I'm not there anymore. Because I'm, I'm more, I have more observational view, but yeah, but I you get, get along with everybody. Still? Oh yeah, yeah. So when you went to Florida, you started. Where'd you do comedy cafe? No, um, Ron Bennington's comedy scene, and it was it was so Benny when Bennington had that club down there. Yes, yeah. and and he had a big radio show. Yeah, and it was uh, he's a good guy. He's a great guy. Very funny. You guys still friends? I I think so. I wouldn't say friends. Right. I would. You know. He, he says the, hello, he, I say hello. Oh, he's in the building with you there for a he while. He was, never invited me on his show, so I always huh. assume like, oh, all right, it yeah. must be, you know, whatever. He's also just, you know, he's he seems like a guy that, I don't want to say gave up. Yeah. But like, you could have been a contender. Right, right. I think he could have been a contender. And radio's a tough game, man. And then finally, and he's brilliant on the radio. Yeah, no, he's right. I listen to him Great interviewer, good guy, and it's just like, it's a tough racket. And so, it was me- it was uh, Billy Gardell. It was Daryl Hammond. Gardell was, was Florida before Tom Chicago? Tom Rhodes, yes. Rhodes, yeah. Tom Rhodes. Gardell was in Orlando. So he do uh, this guy, Phil Tagliferi. It was um, it was Dan Whitney before his Larry, Larry the Cable, Cable guy. guy. Yeah. Brian Regan was yeah. my hero. He would come in every six months. Yeah. Crush the room. Yeah. He was headlining. And I just... I... I was like, oh my God, he's the funniest guy ever. I never, and he then we don't imitate guy. him for sure. for a month straight. And I'd yeah. be doing him on stage and it would drive me nuts because I didn't want to be. It's contagious. You were kind of cocky. Yeah, cocking like, you know, when, you, yeah, yeah. when you're a kid, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I'm, like, oh, yeah. I'm doing Regan. I get it out of doing me. This. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, so that was- That was the crew. That was the crew. Yeah. It was a great crew. Yeah. And so you guys were just hitting it and just hammering yeah, and it was, spots. It was great doing... camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. 
And then I knew it was time to go for television and and a little take it seriously. And I moved on my own to New York, back to Long Island to try to get in the clubs there. And then Wait, where'd you live? The relatives? Long Island with my best friend on the street I grew up with. Really lived in his basement, plane screeching over every three minutes. <laughs> I grew up on the same street for nineteen years. Yeah, and it was the greatest, greatest time of my whole life. It was. I never left the street. It was amazing. And then you started what? You got in at Boston Comedy Club and the Strip, or where? Comic Strip was my. F- I got the lottery at the Comic Strip, and the night I was there, Chris Rock was on stage doing a bit about, um, about the Cosby Show, mm-hmm. and I was I was starstruck because. He was. He looked like he was my age. Yeah. I went. Oh my God. There's he a, was kind of right. He's I think he is. Yeah. I went. Oh my God. There's a guy my age, and he was going. Uh, the hostable. Now here's a black. He's going. Here's a black lawyer, female, meeting a black doctor. <laughs> Now, this ain't the craziest show I've seen ever living in the all-white neighborhood. What's America coming to, people? And there was only like 12 people, and I was laughing so hard yeah. on the side of the stage. I, I was like, this kid is freaking brilliant. I want to be this kid. Yeah. He came off, and I couldn't wait to say, hey, I just moved here. And yeah. he's looking at And then I saw him again. And then I saw him on an Eddie Murphy thing. I was like, that's that, that's yeah. the kid I was telling you about. Yeah. And then I got into Boston Comedy Club. I remember. And yeah. I remember the first night I was there, Chappelle was on stage. And all I remember was being in the back room with my friend. I was, was like, like 80, 89, 90? No, it was 91. 91, Maybe yeah. 90, 91. Yeah. And Chappelle went on stage and Red Johnny and the Round Guy. Red Johnny and the Round Guy. Chappelle was like 16, 17. He was right? a kid. He went up. With the hat thing, right? That, yes. Switching the hat. And so was... Uh, yeah. It was a famous guy. He died of AIDS years later. He was more of a street performer. He was good. Oh, Charlie on- Barnett. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Barnett was there. Yeah. And he wasn't even using the mic. He was doing some... Yeah, yeah. Like, what is it? Oh, my God. What is this? Yeah. And then Chappelle went up. All I remember is looking at Chappelle. I don't even remember his material, but I, I swear my kids' lives, my friend and I just went, I know this sounds crazy, but I feel like I'm staring at a huge star and he doesn't even know it yet. Yeah. And he came off stage and I had to just say, oh my God, dude, you, you're going to be huge. Yeah. And it's, he didn't kill. Yeah. It was just he's smooth. I just confident. Was like this guy's gonna kill him. Yeah. He's like, oh man, thanks man, thanks man, thanks man. Yeah. And then that's kind of where it started. And what led to uh, so then obviously you got in with cats and you started. To I got a development deal. Another development. deal. Did you deal. and Dave get a development deal? Yeah, this, before this half baked. Yeah, it's a great story. I kind of remember this. We killed Barry's one brilliant thing he did. Yeah, he did a lot of brilliant things, but conniving and dark yeah, yeah. <laughs> Montreal Comedy Festival none of us he gave it. me my first gigs you know back in Boston in the 80s oh. the late 80s I mean you know before he started managing people right like he ran a booking agency out of the basement of an apartment he managed I heard about that yeah yeah so I mean I got a history with that guy alright so you and Dave so me Dave Jay Moore Red Giant Round Guy Tracy Morgan all of us 
he rented a, none of us got in the Montreal Comedy Festival. Yeah. So he rented uh, a room. I kind of remember this. He rented a room for the Boston Comedy Company. Correct. And all the industry went to that show. Yeah, I and remember. We yeah. crushed, and he he probably made a million and a half dollars on off that of development on that night on development deals. I had it was NBC. The guy who made the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, right. Jeff Pollock, quarter million. Almost, we were up to $275,000 for a kid who's living in someone's attic. Who, who, I mean, and Chappelle. Basement or attic. Chappelle. Yeah. This is, this is what led to Chris Rock. Chris Rock developed his own career. However, Dave Chappelle had two one-hour HBO special and a talk show deal for HBO from that Montreal Comedy Festival set. For the renegade show that Barry Katz put on, 1991 or two? Correct. Now, Chappelle's a kid. He just did comic relief. He's starting yeah. to get movies. So he had a half-hour weekly show and two one-hour specials locked from that night. I had a development deal going on 300 that with Jeff Pollock yeah. flying to his house, meeting Will Smith. Yeah. Oh my God, I swear. Yeah. Oh my God. And now I understand what happened. And yeah. my gut against the whole thing, he f- he went to, he had, uh, Barry had a deal at Disney. Yeah. Went to Disney, said, I can get you two of the biggest stars. Right so he's now. working it. All he's in. working it. And Disney offers guarantee six episodes yeah spin-off show home improvement yeah me and dave i swear on my life and that money topped the hbo deal no no less uh-huh way less but you but got the guarantee was we're gonna be on yeah there's no guarantee with hbo there's no guarantee right even with me with will smith right right no sure guarantee. just a deal there's no guarantee man i'm like but it's two hundred and seventy-five thousand. yeah yeah um I swear on my kids' lives, I told Dave, I went, Dave, because Dave's like, man, it'd be cool to work together. I said, Dave, every comic stream is to be on HBO. You have two one-hour specials yeah, and a talk show. I got to be honest with you, I don't know if I'd leave that. I said, I'm fine, man. I got NBC. He's like, I know, but you know, they keep saying this. It ain't. So Barry basically talked us out of it. To go to Disney. To Disney. Yeah. Three shows on home improvement turned into one show. Yeah. Second show of the show called Buddies. We already filmed one episode. The commercials are on air. Tuesday night after home improvement, Jim Brew and Dave Chappelle are buddies. Yeah. On the cover TV guide. Yeah. USA Today. Me and my wife pulled over on Ventura Boulevard, started sobbing. Sobbing, going, I can't believe this is happening in my life. Yeah. And then I got, I had my friends, dude, this brings back to Blue Collar. Yeah. I flew my friends out for the premiere of the TV show. Yeah. Which was in a couple days, which was in like three, four days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, me and Dave walk around the mall, some famous rapper comes up, can't yeah. wait to watch the show. Yeah. My friends, they're white trash in my room. Yeah. We're all staying in one room. Hey, man, can you come down to my room? I said, my friends are here. We got a limo for the night. That's Barry. Can they come? No, man, come down alone. I go down, and he goes, uh, 
you and the show ain't happening. So what are you talking about? Because you and the show aren't happening. So the show's not happening. Now, the whole time, there was rumors they were getting rid of Dave. Because Dave, whatever, he can't act, and yeah. this and that. Yeah. I said, I, what, the show's not, he goes, no, the show's going. They fired you. And I, I just, I can't even tell you the shock factor. I couldn't absorb it all. But it was such a defiant moment because two amazing things happened to me. Three amazing things happened to me. I, I started crying not for me, for Dave. I was heartbroken for Dave. Because I was like, Jesus Christ, I just fucking ruined his career. And they were suing HBO banned Barry's comic. Don't ever bring a comic to us. Fuck you. Yeah. Your guys are done forever. That was a big lawsuit. They were going to pay. They were paying. Disney was paying HBO. Hey, we got it covered. But it was ugly. So I was heartbroken for Dave. Um, I went down to my friends. And they're standing there. And uh, they knew right. They're like, dude, what's the matter? I went, they fired me. And my friend's holding a fucking beer and a scotch. He's like, they fired you? <laughs> Could they do that? I said, they just did. And it was silence for like 30 seconds. He goes, well, I guess we're going to go out and get fucked up because you ain't got to get up because you ain't got a job, faggot. <laughs> we got a limousine. I ain't fucking leaving. And I belly laughed so hard. <laughs> Because this guy just took it back to, hey, you lost your FedEx job. Let's go. Yeah, We're going yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it made me feel normal, human, but it was really awkward going out that night and still seeing the commercials on TV. Uh, they couldn't find Dave for like two days. Um, so it was supposed to run or you were supposed to shoot? I mean, like, you know. We're, we're in the middle of shooting our second episode. Right. It was after I was fired, it was still airing the, the commercials. Yeah. Um, so that, and I'll never forget this. This is when I learned the malice yeah. and the coldness yeah. of you're just a product. Yeah. I'm talking with my co-star, who is my wife on the show. And she's like, oh my God, I just heard what happened. This is horrible. And I'm like, I know, I don't, I don't know what happened. She's like, why did they fire you? I go, no one has an answer. Like, yeah. I, I just want to hear you can't act or yeah. we don't like you or you're too this or you're too... I just want an answer. Couldn't get an answer. So uh, she goes, what you... I said, well, the only thing I kind of heard was they're looking for a star. I heard they were getting... They might. They're, they want to ask Brendan Fraser. And she goes, oh my God, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I realized, like, all right, that that actually made me feel better because I realized, just like, no one, no one gives a shit, man. No one. Yeah, and you were a new guy, and all, and some of these people have been through the ropes out here. They grow up in this shit, they, auditions and this and that. It's just they get so fucking callous that, but you know, they it was your big. Oh my god! Break. And I and I went to and I said in the limo, I said, you know yeah. what. We're going to the improv. Right. I need to go on stage and yeah. vent. And I went and I ran into two comics and they go, oh, dude, I heard what happened. So you heard? Already? Yeah. This yeah. happened at 
at three in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, good. and they're in the club. So apparently, this is this has been planned for a couple of days, and I just didn't know it. And oh, you don't think people were making calls that day? Like, oh, oh they were making calls mm-hmm. uh, because I'll never forget. I don't know if it was Adam Ferrara or who it was, but they go, "Listen, man." Can you tell me about your character? Because I'm going in for it tomorrow. No, come on. I, I, on my kids' lives, hope come they on. die. Hope my kids die from lying. <laughs> oh, my God. And, I, and a mean Chappelle had dinner that night on, you know, Laurel Canyon? Yeah. What's that cool restaurant? Yeah, right right, right as you go up the hill. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, eat, we're yeah. eating in there. It's dark. It's nice. Yeah, a couple yeah. days later. Yeah. And, and uh, the waitress goes, you can't make this up. Yeah. On my kids' lives. Yeah. Are you guys? Are you guys? In, are you guys actors? Well, comedians. Oh, did you hear about that comedian who got fired from Stop the show? It. Come on! And he, he he was like on the show, and his commercials was still on. And Chappelle's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I heard about it big time, and it, and I went, yeah, yeah, we heard about it, all right. And we never fessed up. It was us, but. Yeah. Oh, it's really. I swear to God. The next day, this is my launch into Hollywood. Mm -hmm. The next day, Fox calls me up and says, We want you to test for Herman's head. We heard what happened. That's messed up what Disney did. You're in her. Come in. I get Herman's head. Disney goes, Oh, no, 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 no. You're still on a contract. Oh, my God. Fox ain't with us. You ain't doing the show. So I I get a show the next day. You can't do it. I can't do it. Now. I'm I'm a I'm about to go a wall. You're about to fly a plane. Into, I'm about to fly a plane universe, into, into Disney. <laughs> yeah, Jay Moore gets that part. Yeah, I then now they have me. And on, he's Barry's client. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> now, now um, I get uh, um, a holding to, and I get to do Clerks. They're like, you're going to be the star of Clerks, and but yeah. they fire Chris Smith. Writer, creator of Clerks. Yeah, he's out. Okay, so I've got a really bad attitude. Yeah, and I read in the show, they fire the head guy filming it, and they get another guy. Show gets picked up for for mid season. Then week before production, it doesn't go, and then the SNL cycle started in July, like four months later. Okay. And then I auditioned the next day in the paper. Oh, by the way, here's right. Jim Brewer. He ain't in it. A guy who had this go bust on him in a couple months. I'm like, what? What? So, but, I'm just trying to. But you you wrote it out. Get by. Yeah. But you wrote it out. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it was a horrible path there. Oh, man. Shot out of a cannon. So you did, you did Half-Baked after SNL? Yeah. And Chappelle kept saying, man. They ain't gonna do this to us, man. They ain't gonna. And now Chappelle got fired, and Chris Rock got that deal. The deal, oh, yeah. The talk show deal. Yeah. yeah. However, Chris Rock deserved every yeah. ounce of that, right? And deserved everything to the T's. But the that staging of events led to all that. Yeah. And um, Chappelle was just on a vengeance, and I started pitching. A pot movie. Yeah. I said, the Times need a new pot movie. Yeah, new Cheech and Chong movie. And when I started pitching it, Chappelle, one of the producers said, you know, Chappelle's pitching a movie. It's pretty funny. Yeah. 
when I did not know he was pitching it. He's like, you two should talk. You'd be great in this movie. And Chappelle came to Caroline's and asked me if I would play Brian in this movie. And then I said, oh my God, I'd love to, but I didn't believe him it was going to be a real movie. It was him and Neil, right? And they were yeah, like 20. And I, and I didn't really believe it was going to happen. And then it happened. And then I thought after that, oh my God, this movie's going to launch my career. I'm still waiting for that phone call. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you survived. And after, you know, after SNL, it, what, it didn't get too dark. What, you just started smoking no. weed. And I smoked weed, started a family. Oh, okay. Went into radio. I started touring with a band. I wanted to be a rock. Comic. That was another thing that really drove. I, right before I left Barry, mm-hmm. I had a band. Mm-hmm. I said, Barry, I want to get a tour bus. Yeah. When's the last time there was a rock comedian yeah kinnison maybe yeah i go we're gonna i'm gonna mix stand-up yeah with metal yeah and we're gonna tour and we did and it was a big party i mean i in part lars metallica and alice in chains and we're videotaping everything and i fired barry because i didn't like some of the stuff he did finally yes <laughs> stupid i am and then um about a year later here comes Dane Cook in the tour bus. Yeah. Who was with Barry. And yeah. it just went, oh, oh, you motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, you dirty monkey. Yeah. And again, Dane had nothing to do with it. But I, to this day, will say, Barry went, oh, okay. Yeah. I still like that brilliant idea. Uh, yeah. And I can beat you to the punch. <sighs> so, um, no bitterness, just a lot of brilliant learning. Great yeah. school. Yeah. So, like now, I mean, tell me about this thing you did with your dad because that sounds, and he's still around, huh? Yeah. I used to tour with my dad for years and years and years. I'd always bring him on the road. And that was just because what? He was, is your mom still We're around? Good friends. Yeah. My mom's 87. How did, really? Yeah. My dad's 90. Lives with me. And you, and, uh, you, took, him, you took him out on the road a lot because he All got- All the time. And he liked it. So funny on the road. Yeah, so he's a rock star on the road. Oh, you put him on stage? Oh yeah, <laughs> he he crushes. He's dark. He would kill at colleges because yeah. he's just dark yeah. and funny and get away with it because he's older. Does he write material or is he just no talk? no no? He's not a comedian. Yeah, but he would come up for three minutes and I'd tell stories because at SNL I'd introduce him to people and he was just a blue collar. He didn't know anyone. Yeah, so I'm introducing him to Sting and he's going he's going. What's your name? He's like, I'm st- Bing? You're yeah. Bing? And he go, I ain't got time for this shit. Yeah. I'm like, you just told Sting you ain't got time. This is brilliant. <laughs> so you bring him up and talk to him. Yes. Oh, and okay. I tell the stories of right. him meeting all these stars. John Goodman. He yeah. he go, I said, John, where, you were hanging out with John Goodman. I said, yeah, fat fox drank all my beers. <laughs> oh, this is fucking broken. Yeah. I can't write this. Yeah. And so I would tell the stories of my dad yeah. and tell him on the road. And that story became like the story and I found the pattern of I'm a storyteller yeah, I've yeah. always been a storyteller yeah, yeah. and uh, I brought my dad I filmed my dad but I filmed it because I know he's getting older and he's gonna be around and I, I there was some you know he starts crapping himself and I clean it and I still do and shower him and bathe him and that's a it's a part of a, a heavy part of life for some people and yeah. I and I just wanted to like hey I'm out here, been on TV and this and If I could do it, you could do this. Yeah. It's not that hard. And this generation is cold. They don't hug. They don't say I love you. 
but it doesn't mean they don't love you. Yeah. They come from a different era. Yeah. So just try to understand it. And that that's why I made the DVD. That's great. Yeah, I love it. it was the, it's the most, I'm more proud of that thing than anything else I've ever done. Well, and that's called More Than Me. Yeah. And that's available. I think it's on iTunes and, you know, I sell it to shows, but it's on iTunes and I think it's uh, it was on uh, Netflix for okay. a while. It did really well on Netflix. Oh, great, man. Really so, well. you, so you're doing all right. Oh, I'm happy. All right. I'm starting a podcast. Nothing like anyone's done yet. Oh, good. Because I, I, it's just- When's that going to happen? I think I'm going to launch it in November. I, I, I did about eight episodes now. Oh, you haven't put them up yet? No, it's a little different. I don't want to. All right, all right. It's it brings you on a journey. Okay. So you listen to the first one, it kind of leads you to the second one. The yeah. Second one kind of leads you to the third. It's a journey. All right. So okay. So you've been through all this stuff, and uh, you seem okay. Yeah. And well, you, you know, you seem to be learning your lessons of, of life. I mean, are there like outside of the things we talked about? Are, I mean, are there? Is there some like? Yeah, because you've been through what you've been through and you've sort of arced into where you are now and you had all the experiences. I mean, was there a moment where you're like, fuck, everything, everything's different? Oh, like, yeah. What? This is... Uh, of all... Th- I, I was around the mid-2000s. Yeah. Doing serious satellite radio, but I, I, I really wanted to start controlling everything I wanted to do. All right. I wanted to film my dad. I want to go on the road. I want to change my material. I want to be family. I want to talk about everything... That goes on in my life before SNL, before everything. I was, I was, I did a lot of family stuff. I did some silly stuff, but it was. You but know, you became the sort of like explosive. I, guy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I had to be the explosive guy, right. which you know, I get it. Right. And I was really at a, a a place where I went, all right, I really want to get back to what I was before all this happened. Right. And freaking, uh, Bill Cosby. Yeah, the best. Bill Cosby yeah is, wants to do an interview with no one else but me on your show I don't even know what he's promoting yeah or if he is pro- I said was he promoting it? And I, he wasn't promoting anything he wants to be on my show and I and now we're getting back to the young I'm messing with my head my head is like why yeah why is <laughs> what's going on here yeah he wants a pre-interview before he comes on. Yeah. Which I tape this conversation. This is on a w- serious radio. Yeah, my yeah. wife's very upset that I tape this, but I'm like, I gotta tape this phone conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I tape the phone conversation, and Bill Cosby says to me, he's just how he starts the conversation. He goes, you know, I was, uh, was in San Diego, and a little white boy came to me, and he recited one of my bits and I thought to myself, wow, the writing. Um, writing is essential for this day and age. And he start, and then he started talking about when he started and yeah. George started and all these people started. Yeah. We weren't comics. We had other missions in life. And I said, okay. He goes, have you read my book, Cosbiology? Like what? It, where are we going with this, man? Yeah. yeah. Hey, I said no. I have not. He goes. I want you to read this section. Because basically, when I come on the show, I want you to know, and I want your audience to understand the power to inspire. Because you can inspire, 
and your audience wants to be inspired. <laughs> and I... Why you? Exactly. <laughs> so I yeah. I read yeah. this freaking... And, and the chapter reads... Yeah. The day I quit show business, and I was immediately insulted. Is he telling me I'm worthless and mm. I should just jump out of the business? Like, why would Bill? I'm still like, why is Bill Cosby? What is going on? And the chapter went on to say how when he started, he was making all this money and doing great. However. He wasn't being himself, and he wasn't appealing to what he wanted to be putting out there. Mm. And that when he did do that, that's when he will control his course. Right. And no longer will he be controlled by these other forces. Right. And it couldn't have been at a more pivotal time my entire life and to this day, dude, I'm into praying and all that stuff. I ain't religious, never read a Bible. But I was, I can't tell you how many times I broke down. I was like, please put signs in my life. I don't know what to do. I'm dumb. And this came and it blew my freaking mind. And the fr- Susie came on and, and I understood what he was saying, but I still couldn't get over why me. Yeah. Why? Is it just random? Yeah. Does he do this with everyone? Yeah. He comes on, he's like, did you, first thing out of his mouth, did you read what I asked you to read? <laughs> yes. And what did you get out of it? <laughs> and I went, well, I didn't get into detail because I wasn't ready to be that honest with him. Yeah. So, well, I'm not going to lie to you. I really need that in my life right now for a lot of reasons, career, life, and everything. Yeah. Uh, but uh, thank you. And then he basically went on to say how... He's like, you were a fat child, correct? Yes. He goes, would you consider yourself dumb? No, if anything, I was the king of my block, which yeah. I was. I was the ringleader. I was yeah. the king. And he goes, aha! Goes, eh, the networks wanted Fat Albert to be stupid. He wanted to be a dumbbell. He wanted to be the troublemaker sloppy. How do you remember Fat Albert? said he was the brilliant one. Aha! <laughs> you must always stick to what you know is right. And I've Bill Cosby. I won't say he was the main reason, but he was a pivotal reason why I went. Jim Brewer, 2008, is going to set a new course. And I, I, wrote, I wrote my book. No book deal. Just like, I want to write these stories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Film my dad on the road. I want people to see how you can take care of your father and blah, 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 and be a comedian, blah, blah, blah. I put out a new special, which was called Let's Clear the Air, which which really meant to go, yes, I know you know me as Brian from Half Baked, and I know you from, but this is who Jim Brewer is going to be from now on. Yeah. And the next special just came out. Now I'm ready. So I guess what I'm saying is he, 2008, changed my life and made me. Uh, face my fear of stop trying to appeal to everyone you're just in it for yourself to and yourself alone if you believe in it can can be massive it can be inspiring and people will follow you like what you've done wow did you ever find out why you no and i sort of don't want to 
Because if it turns out to be just like, I don't know, my kids said, like, I don't want to know. In my head, I know what I asked for leading up to it. Yeah. And, you, and I got my answers. From Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. <laughs> that's, that's spectacular. Bill Cosby. Just like, you know. Even, well, that's, even Seinfeld. Seinfeld well, came on. I was like, oh my God, it's Jerry. But but the thing about Bill Cosby, he did that whole thing about Noah. So like, uh, yes, that, which is basically why me. Brilliant. Yeah, you know what I mean. Brilliant. Like, no, I want you to build an ark. An ark. <laughs> you want me to? What's a cubit? <laughs> Brilliant. But why you? And then and then Seinfeld came on, mm. and I always thought Seinfeld's a guy who would look down on me. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a little guy. Yeah. And Seinfeld, as. The way he is, and I, you look up to him, I look up to him, he goes, you know, that last special you did was really good. I said, which one? The one with the band. Really smart and clever. Mm. You ever do that again? I was like, I, I thought about doing it. Oh, I would revisit that. I really enjoyed that. I've never been interviewed by a comedian. This was great. And that, I don't think those guys realize when they come and oh, they yeah. just kind of touch you. Yeah. You're, like you you had Rob Williams. Yeah. That must have been unreal. I mean, those guys go a long, long way in your life. So I got to say, those that 2008, I kind of changed my life. And this is the direction I was going. And I still am. It was great talking to you, man. Thanks for having me. It's great. I love where you're at. I, I love watching people grow, move on, succeed. I'm a cheerleader. I always have been from my open mic days when I had a van and I pile everyone in my van and we go from club to club. Yeah. So when I watching you through the years and then when you had this and you finally get to control your destiny because yeah. that's all you ever needed. Yeah. Was you just to control your destiny? Yeah. I'm excited for you, man. Oh, that's nice. Congrats man. to you. I'm glad we got along so well. Yeah, me too. All right. <laughs> That is our show. That was a great story. Am I right? Many great stories. Good guy. There you go. I guess I was, you know, I was closer than I thought to that SNL gig. But uh, clearly my personality got in the way. Lord Michaels, I want you, man. I want to talk to you. I'll be respectful. I just need closure. All right? I'm reaching out. If any of you know Lord Michaels, please tell him that I'd like to talk to him. I don't know how, how, I, how else. I don't know... Maybe, you know what? I'm just going to call his office. I'm going to call his office the next time I go to New York and just go, it's Mark Marin. I'd like to talk to Lauren. I can try that. What's I can try that. Maybe it's easier than I thought. Maybe it's easier that I'm making it. I better be ready to talk, though. I better be ready with some shit. And I think I am. I think I am. God, there's a couple conversations I have. I have to have before I die. One with Lauren Michaels and one with my father. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. Get the app, folks. This show's been around for a few years. There's hundreds of them. You can only get the most recent 50 for free at any given time. All episodes free for six months and they go behind a paywall, they call it. But it's a paywall easily climbed if you get the app, the free app. Up, upload, upgrade to premium for a few bucks and you can stream all of them from the beginning. Also, I'm reminding you about the Brian Jones mugs and coffee deal at the uh, WTFPod.com. I love you all. And, uh, you know, do what you got to do over there at WTFPod.com. 
All right. Show's coming along good. The writing's going well. The stories are great. We're having a good time uh, in the writing room. It's been a very great experience. I'm happy to be busy. <sighs> Fucking world is my oyster. Boomer lives.